Welcome to the I Love Music Podcast. My name is Jen Fedor. I started the I Love Music Podcast to inspire people who love music, encourage people who work within the industry, and to hear each person's unique story. For this episode, I got to interview Jacob Summers, also known for his musical project called Avid Dancer. Originally from Texas, Jacob joined the Marines and developed into a world champion drumline drummer. We talk about his journey from writing his first album in his 30s to meeting his wife, Sharia, whom his new album is named after. If you are in L.A., Avid Dancer has a show at the Love Song Bar on October 3rd. And if you want to check out all the latest, visit Avid Dancer on Facebook. All right, let's get into his interview. Well, thank you for being on the show today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I love, it's nice getting together and doing this with you. Every time I see you at shows, you're always just smiling and bouncing around. You know what I mean? (laughs) I know. I can't help, yeah, I can't help it. I it's just part of my personality. Has that, that I imagine that works well for you. <laughs> like, who would not like you? Yeah. I, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They'd be like, hey, go punch that lady in the face. And like, for a million dollars, like, I can't look at her. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a bubbly personality and I always see. Has the... it always been that way? Uh, yeah. I like. I have a lot of joy. I can't, yeah, I don't know what, it's like, I feel like it's a blessing and a curse sometimes. Cause well, like, I mean, I, I see always, the blessing, because, but why, what the curse? Because, like, I always, like, try to see the good in people, and then sometimes I get disappointed. Well, you know, by people do mean men. <laughs> Maybe men. I was going to say, because I always see, I see the, pe- the world that way, but I don't usually get burned, but I'm the guy. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. So it makes sense why you feel that way. Yeah. Because you're dealing with dudes. Yeah, because I am dealing with dudes. It's, it's like true. it's that's. You know, I, it's weird. My wife and I were talking about that the other day, you know, or uh-huh. a couple weeks ago, where she was like, you know, do you got art? You know, like, what's it? You know, like, I get that, you know, guys are not, we're not the same. You know what I mean? Like, at right. least our, some are, whatever our, our, intuitions or whatever or like it's you know what I mean not the same yeah but it's just you know weird you know thinking about like okay well that's fine like the guys are like want to think with their penises all the time but the issue is is that you just have to evolve past that you know what I mean it's like you can recognize like yeah man I'm a guy and like those things are true about us but then it's like you just gotta try to evolve past that and that's the struggle I'll drink to that. That, you know what I mean? that, that is. That's really this. You know what I mean? That's no, like really it totally like for, at least in my experience, that's like the hardest thing is just like trying to just you know rise above that mm-hmm. nature. You know, that may, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> I'm only halfway f- through this first drink. <laughs> I'm just like yeah. my whole family and wife are listening to this podcast. I'm like Jacob, don't talk about that stuff. <laughs> You're gonna get yourself in huge trouble. I'm good. No, you're great. You're great. How did you get into making music? I grew up singing in church. Okay. Like, you know, and listening to lots of harmonies and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And no cell phone, no computer, internet. Right. So, like, no other music except for going to church on Sunday and singing along. Yeah. And then got really crazy into drumline when I was in high school. And, like, did that to the max, you know. And then moved to L.A. to try to be a drummer. And when I was going to school to rec- for recording, 
I just started writing songs to for my own projects and then okay. got signed from those songs to a label and got a manager and stuff like that. So then I was like, you're a singer of a band now and a songwriter. <laughs> yeah. We think you're good at songwriting. And I was like, you do? All right. And then I was already 35 at that point. You know what okay. I mean? So I was like pretty old. Yeah. You know? How, how did that feel like that transition, you know, over to into that? Honestly, yeah. well, I think I know it, I, you're going to get it. Maybe you're not. I'll answer it anyway. <laughs> but, like, honestly, I'll tell you, there's this whole thing where, like, I feel like musicians spend so much time thinking about getting signed or making it. Yeah. To where it's, like, once th that idea and what those things are, like, getting signed. Like, that's yeah. really what bands or artists see as validity for their art is getting signed. But the thing is, is, like, once you get signed, you don't, like, cross over into some weird realm of success. Right. Not everyone. Most yeah. people don't. And what's really crazy is emotionally when you, have to, when you go through that, it's like you've spent your entire career or your entire life dreaming about getting signed. And then when you do, you feel, it's like it, you almost have to just readjust and, re like, get over yourself. Right. And be like, no, man, look, dude, that does, that's only just, I've not gotten, I haven't made it. I've only been introduced to the race. Right. And the people racing are the Beatles and all the top 40 and every single genre. Yeah. So now it's like, yeah, great. Like an indie band, indie label signed you because you have a really niche sound or you're a you know, rad band. But as soon as you get signed, there's like, I think there's like 23,000 label releases a year in the US. You're just like, that's like, it's like 23,000 more dudes out in the race right yeah and like yeah. see if you can manage this you yeah. know what I mean it's really crazy so I don't know but yeah I mean I was already 35 and stuff and I was used to being poor and stuff like that so like being a, a legitimate artist and being poor like it felt about the right the same you yeah. know what I mean yeah what in like <clears throat> what music influenced you growing up like DC talk <laughs> yeah and yeah. Um, like Newsboys, mm -hmm. there was this one uh, cassette that my mom or stepdad had. It was called Glad, or yeah, Glad. Okay. I think that it was like a four-part harmony group. Yeah. And I was singing all these songs four-part harmony, and I would sit in the back seat and make up my a fifth harmony, like one, like and sing the the whole thing all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was like my main influences, and then I moved to LA at like 30-something and started smoking weed and then started listening to the Beatles and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So. Yeah, yeah. The band that I manage, uh, the guys, they all grew up, um, both of them grew up in very, like, strict religious, like... That's not way. uncommon. Yeah. The more yeah. musicians I meet, like, they're like, yeah, I go to... What's that fucking church that everyone goes to around here? Um, oh, I can't remember. It's like a super hipster church that's here and everyone goes to it, but it's like... Everyone that goes there, they have like a, yeah. a church band, and they're like, "Yeah, man, that guy plays in like Radiohead, like whatever." It's like, right. "What? <laughs> yeah. He's playing keyboards in this band? He plays <laughs> yeah. in whatever?" It's like, a, "That's yeah. Arcade Fire's drummer, you know, or whatever." It's right. like, "Jeez." Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No. Totally. I totally do. It was a huge scene. Yeah. But I think it's like a lot of. It makes sense though, because like if you're like in that age group and you were li listening to music or not listening to music. Mm -hmm. Up until the internet age, like the early 2000s, you know what I mean? Right. 
And then like all this, like, if you're already a musician, that's something so rad to rebel from. Your whole family and your religion and God, yeah. you know what I mean? It makes a lot of sense. A lot of those people would be like, no, I'm going to LA. And then they mm -hmm. go to LA, start doing drugs and become famous. Cause it's like they, the pain is real. Yeah. This thing about real stuff. My wife has a similar experience. Sorry, I'm talking so much. But no. I'm like, my wife has got a similar experience than I do. And then she'll write these lyrics. She's like the sweetest person too. She's, but she's awesome. She's so sweet. But yeah. then when she writes her lyrics, they're all tormented and like, and I'm like, yeah, well, like, of course they seem so tormented. Like you left God, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Yeah. It's like, you, or, or your religion. So it's like, right. you know what I mean? It, it can be really intense. Something to feed off of. Oh, totally. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you play music yourself? Uh, you I write songs? Uh, I play drums a little bit. Uh, uh, good. Like, yeah, like maybe like four years ago I started learning. But then I broke my foot. What? How? Uh, I stepped off of a curb. Dude, that's a... <laughs> I stepped off of a curb in Echo Park and shredded yeah. almost the whole front of my toe off. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was it like... It was like kind was, of over by Sunset Beer or whatever. I like, wasn't over that, there. I know that, that I never yeah. had... There's like some doozies where it's just like you just kind of take a step off and all of a sudden you're just like, what yeah. the F? Yeah. You know? So, so yeah, that that's kind a, of halted my drumming. How long ago was that? That was a couple years ago. But I you're need good to get, now. I, I, yeah, I need to get back into it. So Yeah. Because, like, I don't know. It's so easy to go to bed. You raw. should just sit down and with a practice pad and work on your rudiments. Okay. Forget about the feet. Forget if you can okay. walk, you can do rock drums. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah, totally. Start learning your paradiddles and stuff so you can like, okay. when like every eight bars or so when yeah. you're playing the most basic beat, you're like, do, 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 and everyone in the band's like, what? <laughs> you don't have to do much. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, I picked up my guitar a couple months ago. That's and, good. Yeah, but like all the drumming beats were like in my head and it was like, I was like, oh man, I kind of like. I kind of forgot a little bit of the guitar where I was like just thinking about yeah the drums the drums well it's good to switch around yeah no totally because then you're, you're a better drummer when you pick up a guitar and you're like oh man I've been playing way too much yeah and then you go back on the drums you're like oh man I've been playing way too much you know what I mean it's just <laughs> yeah. like you gotta like it's true it's true you know <laughs> that's kind of a crazy thing that I've been figuring out recently not uh, not like figuring out but it's just like the the best shows that we do <clears throat> or the best we ever sound live yeah. is when I almost don't have to do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everyone's just like, oh, maybe I'll play that chord there. But you know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. you don't have to do a whole lot. To, but yeah, it's good to learn all the instruments and then you can figure that out. Totally, yeah. So tell me about the new album. How did it come about? Well, that's it's kind of interesting the the record ended up becoming called like I called it Sharia, which is my wife's name. Yeah. Um, like I was in, I had taken like a little hiatus a couple, like maybe three years ago. Like my first album came out. We did a bunch of really awesome touring, and I came back from that touring. Like, well, what do I have to show for this? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what is really? Does anybody care? Like, what? Like, I, I'm like, I'm not making money because I was still had to recoup, you know, mm -hmm. my, you know, advances and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what, I need to like, 
downshift here. Like I had a pretty bad breakup, which really kind of threw me in the dumps for a long time too. Yeah. So it was like, I just needed to like reset myself. You know what I mean? Totally. So I, I moved to Houston where like my brother lives, my, you know, his family and my mom and stuff like that. Okay. And I got a little apartment there and like just basically was like, I'm like nobody. You know what I mean? Just like, just need to get real for a second. I, like I got a waitering job at the, the restaurant like I could walk to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and like didn't tell anybody I was in a band or anything. I was just like, I just showed up for my shows and just worked and went home and like thought about shit, you know? Yeah. But so during that time, I had like a little, my agent had already booked us some headlining shows in LA. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna fly out, we'll rehearse and play the shows. And then he tells me, hey, we just got this band on the roster, Banta, which is Shereya. Yeah, her first, yeah. Her I, first yeah, band. yeah, I've known Shereya for many right years. Yeah. So, yeah. so they put her on the shows and um, we end up becoming like friends. She was like having questions about her manager and like she was like, a, like she, I guess in her eyes, she thought I was experienced enough to ask questions from, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh-huh. she was like asking me things and I was like, it's all fucked, fire everywhere, you know, whatever, like whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever, yeah. you know, but yeah. like we've kind of built a relationship and then I made a trip out to LA for my birthday. I was actually, had be, this is kind of a random side note, but I befriended the uh, uh, head announcer, for the play-by-play announcer for the Chicago Cubs. So he had invited me to go and play this Cubs benefit with like cool. Liz Fair and Eddie Vedder and oh my me because I'm his favorite band. You know what I mean? That's so awesome. it's like this huge benefit and stuff like that. They put me up in this huge hotel and like Sheree and I are just friends, mind you. Like yeah. I don't, I think I don't even think we even kissed. Yeah. You know or anything. Right. We we're just talking, even though I was really putting on the pressure. But anyway. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, I invited her up. I was like, hey, what do you think about coming and meeting me in Chicago? I'm going to open up for Eddie Vedder, the Cubs thing. And they just like took us to all these parties uh-huh. and it was just like a dream weekend and whatever. Yeah. And then finally she was like, all right. She gave me a chance. And then she told me I had to stay in L.A. She was like, you can't go back to Texas. You are going to stay in L.A. And then I just started doing working on an, another record right away. And then I was like, that's, that's it. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how it so happened. That's so cool. I love that. That's a great story. Yeah. So, I mean, it was probably like while I was uploading my album onto the platform to release it on the internet or whatever. Yeah. It was like, what's the album title? And I was like, hmm, what is it? What is it? And I literally, like, it took me like one second to realize. I was like, this is whole thing would have not even happened had it not been for this relationship with her, you know? Right, yeah. So I just call it that, and then I just grabbed my favorite wedding photo of her at our wedding and made, didn't even put any writing on it. I was just like, this is the artwork, that photo, just uploaded yeah. it as is. That's so cool. So it was just really random. That's so great. But yeah, she's my... She's my numero uno. What was the songwriting process like for the album? Well, right at that time when I came to visit for my birthday, I also got a new A&R person at Warner Chapel Music, which is who handles all my publishing. Right. And that A&R guy was like, yeah, man, I really like your writing. I'm going to send you out like every day for co-writes. So he started just sending me out like three, four times a week. And I had never actually done co-writes before. Yeah. But it was like with like 
one day it would be like with some folk indie chick and then the next day it's with a freaking dance pop dude or whatever. Uh -huh. And I, so during the course of like a whole year or two of writing songs with people that were doing all kinds of different music for them, for me, like at, by the time I was going to like release or go to record my own album, I had like 30 songs or something that I was like obsessed with out of the all, like maybe a yeah. hundred that I'd written, you know what yeah. I mean? So it was like, it was just crazy though. I mean, it, luckily like my, you know, I didn't, I don't have to work a eight to f nine to five job or whatever. So I had a lot of time to do that kind of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, man, I feel like I have enough songs for a, a while now, even from that, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But it was cool though, working with different people. I ended up working with a producer, one guy. I was like, look man, I have all these random ass crazy songs. Yeah. written with all kinds of like different people yeah how can we make this sound like something you know what i mean yeah uh-huh and then we just put set limits we're like nope kind of panning like on the record like we decided early on like it was either le all the way left uh -huh. all the way right or all the way center even like so like if all the background vocals are like it's a three-part harmony all of them are on the left together that's one instrument and then the other side, we would put all of the electric guitars and they would balance each other out. That's you know what cool. I mean? So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like really random choices like that. Yeah. That we made. And then we just kind of stuck to it and grew from it. And now I'm just like, I listen back to it and I'm like, holy sh. That's, I can't believe it's done. Yeah. You know? I didn't even know we were doing it. <laughs> that's so cool. You know? That's a great, yeah. That's awesome. What have, what have been some of your challenges, like, working and playing in the music industry? Well, the first one off the top of my head, honestly, it's crazy. Like, I feel like the relationships that you build with other musicians, it's like, we're in a city working with people that are all not very well-rounded weirdos, artists, creatives. Yeah. People that are very passionate about what they do and very sensitive. You know what I mean? Mm hmm So, like you end up, and to like work with somebody musically, like you can say like, yeah, we're just gonna work on this and it's just this whatever. Mm -hmm. But then you build real, real relationships, very close relationships with these people. And what I've learned is like, it's as soon as like money things are involved or contract things are involved or whatever, yeah. each person's personality really will start to like, Take stick hold. Up, take hold. Exactly. Yeah. In a way where, like, it, where normally you could just be passive about that and be like, whatever, man. My friend, she's just really scroogey. She never wants to split the check or whatever, or something like that. Well, it's like, well, that's fine because it doesn't really affect you that much. Yeah. But then when you're really deep in an art, like a, 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 in your art together, it's like it does affect you because you can be like, hey, man, I thought we were just met, like, I thought we were just like making some jams, you know, like whatever. And the other person's like, I need you to sign my contract and you owe me $4,000. When you're like, what? You know what I mean? Right, yeah. So, yeah. you know, trying to find a balance between being cool and trying to be understanding of, about everyone else's perspective on things, uh, but also taking care of yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like recognizing situations like, hmm, maybe I should just pay this guy right now even though I don't have any money but I just I should just pay him now just in case later on down the road he tries to sue me right because this is yeah. you know what I mean yeah. Like, yeah like I don't know it's just like those kinds of things that's been a struggle 
Yeah. Because, you know, you don't want to, like, you just want to make music. But I do. Yeah. I don't want to, like, that's that kind of shit makes me want to quit all the time. Yeah. No, no, You know? Yeah. What keeps you going, then? Like, what what keeps you going? Um, Making music. I think that I just, when I decided that I was going to, that I am an artist, I am going to do art, it was like really when I look back on my life, every single decision that I've ever made since I can remember has always been to do music. All the time. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I've always made the choice for music over everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like when I look back on that pattern, that's like when I, I made that realization when I was like 35. And I was like, wow, man, no, like th- you are this person. Like you are mu- you're doing music because c- you just do it. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, that kind of recognizing that helps me like be like, look, like I don't like a kind of a nihilist. Like I don't know what the hell, you know? Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to make any sense in my life or at least be happy with what I'm doing, like I feel like I just needed, it was good to recognize that and be like, look, man, like you can be happy being anyone. But this is you. So you need to find a way to be happy doing this. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I just, you know, anyway. I ask this to all my guests. Why do you love music? Why do I love music? I, I mean... I don't know. It's <clears throat> it's really weird. I mean, I feel like music has been the way that I have expressed my life. <coughs> Sorry, I'm smoking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm smoking a vaporizer pen for anyone who doesn't know me as a Jacob. No, but I mean, like, my I didn't have like a really strong family, you know, when I was growing up. Like, yeah. So I was always just kind of alone and on my own. Like my family issues were always at the forefront of the importance of what was going on with the adults in my life. So for me, like I was experiencing those things and somehow I would like pick up a guitar or drumsticks and literally just express, like I used to just get the angst out like on the drums and just drum for hours because you can kind of like the zen of it, you forget about things. Right. (coughs) But, But with the writing, I found that I was literally translating what was going on in my life and then instead of talking to people about it or you know whatever I would literally just express it through the writing because if I look back on any song I've ever written for me it literally is like a photograph of what was going on in my life at that time because to me the lyrics are so obvious I know exactly um, even if I didn't intend on it there'll be something in there it's like oh yeah I remember I said that because that person was a drunk you know what I mean? Or whatever it was. Right. Or mm-hmm. I was a drunk at that. Or whatever was going on. Like, literally, whatever, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it's... I love music because it's been, like, a, a real partner for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, that's... Like, I can go and do anything and express myself any way through music. And, it, and you can literally go back and reflect on that after the fact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Six months later, a year later, there's one song called Be With You that I wrote that I threw a fit about my label releasing. And my manager was like, dude, you have to release this song. I was like, no, I can't even listen to it. I hate that song. Yeah. But it was me venting about how I felt about this person that I'd really hurt 
and then lost in the relationship. You know what I mean? Right. And so for me, listening to this song, every time I hear it, I'd be like, oh, God, you're such a dick. I hate you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so, like, you know, like, it can be good or, like, but that can be, it can be that intense. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. But it's like, you know, it's this thing. It's my, I have a relationship with it. You know what I mean? Totally. I mean, I think most, like, songwriters and, yeah, musicians, they do. So, and I, I guess I haven't thought about that in that, like, way before. It's like a journal. Yeah. You know I mean, you're writing in a journal, uh-huh. especially lyric writing, but, like, sometimes even, like, the, like, I've noticed that a lot of my music is, has a really sad and mellow undertone, even if the song might seem happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll still, like, it has to feel good all the time, and I feel like that is a reflection of me feeling bad about things in my life or feeling guilty and trying to just make something that makes people feel good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, all, it's, it's really weird. Like, why do you make the kinds of music that you make? But I think that that's what ends up connecting with people because if somebody is also feeling that way, then they can connect with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. So, yeah. like, if people ask me, like, oh, or say, like, that music sucks. It's like, dude, you need to be open, more open-minded. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, what you're saying is that that music is not appropriate for you right now. Yeah, everyone's drawn, yeah. Everyone's like, drawn to different songs at, at different, different times. times. Like, if we're driving out to the beach, you don't want to be listening to, like, you know, some weird, like, crazy goth metal or something like that. Like, you <laughs> yeah. want to be listening yeah. to something chill. But, like, if you're angry or whatever, you're, like, whatever, or you're super drunk or what, whatever. Right. Whatever situation you're in, there is a music that's perfect for that. Mm-hmm. House music is great for being by the pool. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's Not so to, true. you know, yeah. making love to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like, it's all a, a 100% good if put in the appropriate place. Oh, definitely. I, yeah, I agree. Even, even with full-length albums, like, there are certain songs at different times that you're like, oh, I'm going to list, keep listening to this one over and over. But then, like, a couple months later, you're like, oh. Into the other one. But, yeah. But this one's really great, and this one's totally. Like, yeah, because you've changed as a person by the time you've. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like I don't know. There's a lot of music snobs out there, and I just can't. I can't stand it. Even like rating people's. I mean, I'm down for if you want to write a review about a record because you feel passionate about it, write it. Mm-hmm. But writing a number on there, dude. Yeah. Like I mean, you don't have to agree with me. Yeah. I just thought about this. So I'm just like. Yeah. What are you saying? You some publicist sent you a record and you said you would listen to it and you're super into freaking like shoegaze or whatever or something and it happens to be the best pop album ever, but you just can't handle pop right now. You're like, oh it sucks. Yeah. 6.5. You know, it's like, dude, come on, man. I think that you should have a record for a year. It's like, here man, you're gonna write a review on this record next year. My advice, honestly, to people that are trying to send their music to industry people is right before Thanksgiving. Because they all take Thanksgiving all the way to New Year's off. Mm -hmm. And during that time, they're all at home thinking about what, like, what am I going to really get behind next year? I really want to get this promotion. What do I like? What music am I listening to? If they fall in love with your music during the holidays, 
You know what it's, I mean? Then they'll true. come back in January <laughs> so and they're like, dude, true. have you heard of Avid Dancer's new record? Yeah. No, I'm obsessed. Because that's what it takes in the industry. Yeah. Somebody has to literally fall in love with your music in a very genuine way. And everyone's sending them music. Everyone. Everyone. You know what I mean? So they're just like, they, they, yeah. they, it's actually sad that the people that are controlling what music is being pushed, because of the inherently in their job, they don't, like when somebody says, hey, I want you to listen to my music, the first reaction they probably think is, this oh, is going to yeah. suck. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. not that, that's not real or organic. No, not at all. It's really not. Yeah. So like you got to figure out ways to, you know, if you're making contacts or, or want to get your music out there, mm -hmm. you got to find ways to get people to listen to your music on a real level. Never ask them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah man, here's this. Whatevs. Don't ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like ask no. them for it's anything true. or whatever. It's really crazy. It's kind of a crazy game. <laughs> it is. I try to figure out all the time, but it's what's really crazy too is like you, like I don't want to think that I'm like manipulating these people, but in a way you kind of are. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like I just want this to be a very sincere interaction, but even you plotting that is manipulative. So whatever. Sorry, my industry friends listening to this podcast. <laughs> I have been manipulating you. I would die for you. We are actually friends. It's just weird for me too. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a weird. It's really awkward. Yeah, it's really weird. It is really awkward. The music industry is that I mean, I guess the business is any business is very awkward on how you organically Yeah. Cause you do have to build something. And, yeah. and in order to be successful it really takes people firmly believing in you and choosing you yeah because there's so many amazing artists out there so yeah. many all my friends are amazing and then I, know. I, I I know so many amazing musicians it's and that's just, just like, in our circle you know yeah, what I mean and there's yeah. people that haven't don't even are so so good but maybe won't even make it out of their city or will ever maybe they're so self-destructive or whatever that they won't even reach the point where they actually can record music yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's so much out there. Yeah. But then to, to really be successful, it really takes somebody being like, you, you, I like you. It's I'm going to introduce you to everyone and tell everyone how great you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what you need. <laughs> it's true. Like, what do you have any other words of encouragement for people, for musicians and songwriters? Um, that you know i don't that that just need the encouragement because like they're like yeah um i feel like you have some really good i don't know i've lived really, a long time like, i'm telling yeah. you man and look i'm not trying to act like i've figured it out because honestly no, like i would my main what i've really have been trying to establish with my wife who's a, a artist and she's a songwriter and we work together on almost everything but what we've realized is like there may be like 20,000 releases a year and maybe one person every two years will really stand out as like like The weekend pops out right. or Lord pops out right. or Coldplay or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Like one a year out of all of that. But there's a lot of artists like the Black Keys or like like artists that are like really successful now that when you really look at their career 
if you're like, yo, man, no, they put that hit song that everyone really loved yeah. was on their fifth record. Right. So the advice would be to try to find a way to sustain your artist life and be happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's true. But yeah. just sustain that and then keep doing what you're doing all the time. You know what I mean? Like, you're, don't be like, oh, I'm successful now or have an idea of what that means for you when you re reach it. Yeah. You just have to find a way to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, it's Because maybe you're not the one that breaks out that one year, but maybe you put out three or four records and then all of a sudden you have a fan base of people that are like, dude, I freaking love that band. And then you happen to write one song that makes you huge and then you can have the success. Yeah. You can have that if you want. But if not, who cares? Right. But like, you know, I think a lot of people give up, they'll get signed and they'll put a record out and then they don't become The weekend, and they're like, oh man, this isn't what I thought it was. We must suck. We failed. Yeah. And yeah. just give up. I'm like, yeah. yeah, give up, man. More room for me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. But like, yeah. if you're going to do it, I mean, you, you just got to be willing to do it. I think that there's a lot more successes in bands that actually write it out. Yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? You just have to write it out yeah. and commit. Agree. It's true. It's so true. And forget about what you think your music is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And just be the vessel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're like, you have been chosen. You've chosen yourself. Just stand in the studio and let your instincts flow out of you. Yeah. And then create something that is you. You know yeah. what I mean? And that, yeah, something that you love and that you totally. you stand behind. So, I get a lot of people that I work with that will go into a recording session when I'm producing them and they'll say, all right, so this is how the song's going to go. The drums are going to be like this and then the guitar is going to be like that and then there's going to be this and then there's that. I'm like... Are you kidding me? That's like walking into a dark room with a blindfold on and plotting out your exact way to the door. And then you get dis disappointed when you don't reach the door. It's like you're never going to reach the, yeah. the door on the other side of the room. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you got, go into true. a recording session and be like, all right, man, this is the song, the, the chords and the melody and the lyrics. And then as soon as the first layer is done, you're like, all right, cool, man. That's a nice layer. There's some gaps over there. So on the next layer, we got to fill those gaps and then we're going to try to like, and it's just like literally one step at a time yeah. until it's just done. And you're like, whoa, what, what is this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. That's the other half of the advice that has no linear way from A to B, but we, we got there. Yeah, definitely. Or whatever. It's good. Anything else you want to share or add about songwriting or no. life? No, you gotta ask me specific questions so I get nervous. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Like, this was awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Cheers. Thanks again to Jacob for being on the show and to the Bang Ups for the theme music. This has been the I Love Music Podcast with Jen Fedor.